we're going to look at after Easter. So everybody is in one accord. I'm going to give you just a moment to find it. It will not be on the screen today unless you're able to get it up there. Uh, Acts chapter 1. And I will be looking at verse... I'll be looking at verse 12, and I'll be reading to verse 14. So Acts 1, verse 12 through 14. If you found it, say amen. Then say, oh me, because I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. We've been in this as I have felt, not because I have preached it, but because it's very illuminating to be able to look at scripture, especially scripture that we don't usually look at and learn from. And so in Acts chapter 1 verse 12, it's going to be a very similar topic today. So we're going to start in verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, Mount of Olives, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, seven days and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Now, I want you to pay attention to that real quick. You may have heard me share this in a Bible study or in a moment of um, exhortation, but I don't know if I've ever preached this. They went up into the upper room. Where both, both, the, uh, where both Peter and James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zealots, and Judas, and the brother of James. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would add your blessing upon your word. God, I pray, Lord God, that as we have transitioned from a wonderful, beautiful time of worship, I pray, God, that we would transition into a time that your word would begin to be revelation to the believer. That the word of God will begin to be revelation to each of us. That we would leave this place deciding that we will not stop going up, but we will continue in our faith. We've seen great things. We've been a part of wonderful moments. But as we transition, we're not going to quit, but we're going to go to what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says in verse 15 there that there was 120 in the upper room for the sake of our scripture today in these moments that I have I would like to read 1st Corinthians chapter 15 1st Corinthians chapter 15 gives us some insight to what we will be speaking about today I could probably quote it or give you some um, could have translated myself as far as to tell you what it says but I feel it's better if we would read it 1 Corinthians chapter 5 
verse or 15 verse 6 it says there it says in verse 6 after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to the present but some have fallen asleep in this moment Paul gives us a kind of a demonstration of how many were there at the upper room uh, not at the upper room, I'm sorry, but at the Mount of Olives, at his ascension. In that moment, there, the Bible says here, Paul says, that there were over 500 that was there. As I was looking at this in one of my studies, I came across that thought. And I want to share that thought with you today. Because there was 150 in the mountain area. There was 150 that was seeing Jesus ascending, but as they go up into the upper room, it subtracted. And there was only 120 that went up to experience the new season or the new moment or the new experience or should I say another experience that God had in store for his people. Today I want to talk to you about that thought of don't stop going up. As I have looked at this scripture so many times, I've come across it and I've thought about it and I've, I've studied it and it's really spoken to me. So in this After Easter series, I wanted to share this with you because I do believe as we studied Wednesday night that the church here has seen some momentum, that we've seen some Good things happen. We've seen new people come in. We've seen, as today, demonstrating in the, uh, the, the, the worship, we've seen the Spirit of God move in worship. And if you're not experiencing it, then the problem, and, and, and I'm not here to talk about anybody at all, but, but as God moves, it's up to us to respond. Amen? But as God begins to do something in His people, it is very easy for us to experience an ascension but then taper off and miss out on the upper room experience. That's why so many times you will see people that will start off strong for the Lord. They will start off strong for the things of God. They will start off strong to experience Him and and then and, and God will begin to do a great work in their life and in their situation and their family will begin to be blessed and maybe their individual life will begin to be blessed and for a couple weeks they'll experience the Lord and they'll experience God but if we're not careful we will taper off and, 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 and almost like Wednesday night we shared sometimes the, the luster will begin to wear off and we begin to slip or we begin to get dull with it and then we miss out on what is next. In this story, I see that in the 500. So I want to take just a moment and I want to share with you these three points that I have. First of all, we want to look at the ascension. In the ascension, we see that there was 500 people that were present. Everyone was wanting to be there. 
It's no secret that when things are going good, that's when everybody wants to show up, right? When, when it's good, everybody wants to be there. When the team is winning, everybody wants to be at the games. But you let the team go through some bad spells and the seats begin to be empty. I remember growing up as a child um, in Houston, Mississippi, there at the Met Street and Morris Circle neighborhood. Everybody there was New Orleans Saints fans. They loved the Saints as we called them then, the Aints. Because it was about the 1980s and everybody knows that they were struggling. So I didn't want to pick a loser as a, as a child. So I just started, I just went on the bandwagon and I was a 49ers fan. I loved Joe Montana and I loved Jerry Rice. And I was young and I didn't want to, I didn't want to root for a loser. But my brother and my cousin and my friends, they loved him. But what I remember though is that when you would watch television, the Saints fans would show up with, with, with brown paper sacks on their head. Anybody remember that? And they would cut the eyes out, and I guess they would cut the mouth out because it was their way of saying they were embarrassed to root for them, and they didn't want anybody to see. But then all of a sudden as the story shifted and they began to get better as the Saints their stadium began to get a little bit more lively and people began to get a little bit more behind the team. How many know that that's how life is as well? If you're doing good, everybody is writing a report or an article or a news piece about you. But you let you let your story take a sour note or mess up in any way or have a hiccup as we would call it along your path then your fame begins to diminish and the press reports change and nobody is wanting to be by your side in church it is no different you let so called healings begin to pop up in one place or in one place over there or this place begins to experience revival. People will line up. They'll jump on an Amtrak. They'll get on a bike. They'll jump in a taxi. They'll do whatever they can to get to that place because that's where God seemingly is. But when it dries up, no longer is it there and people begin to disperse. It's like that in the church. It's because we want to see the healings. There's nothing wrong with that. I long to see healings. I long to see breakouts of the Spirit, revival. We pray for His power and His glory. We even said that today. We want God to speak. We want revelation. We want God to begin to do a great and a mighty work in our church. But what happens when you're transitioning? What happens when you're moving from a season of revelation to the middle to where you're moving into another season of revelation? But if you've never been into a place to where when you are praying and it feels like the heavens are brass and every time you pray a prayer your prayer is being thrown right back down at you or you used to feel God move in your spirit like never before but you're in a dry season you can't give up on God you can't throw in the towel I'm telling you in those seasons if you'll hold on he'll take you from an ascension to an upper room experience and you'll begin to see God do something that you've never experienced before if you'll hold on the crowds follow 
the ascension moments. Jesus had multitudes following him. Multitudes would follow Jesus with healings. And the dead, when they would rise, the blinded eyes would be healed. The feeding of the 5,000. Multitudes would follow Jesus. We read a couple weeks ago, though, when Jesus was on the cross, how many was there? Five. Multitudes follow the emotional highs. Uh, multitudes and crowds follow where it's seemingly everything is going good. As a pastor, it is a great burden from time to time to preach something that makes you feel God from week to week. It's a great burden because sometimes you feel as if You've got to match that person that's, that, 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 that's popular or you've got to be charismatic. And it, 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 is a, it is a mental battle that you have to go through. If you've never dealt with it, then, then, then I tell you, you always are trying to figure out what you need to do and, and how you need to stay, uh, I guess, relevant and, and, and entertaining and uh, charismatic. And, and it's, it's a burden because you're scared if somebody will show up and they don't feel God or experience God the way they did last week, then, then, then you don't know God bring them back because we are geared as people that, that when, when we're not in a moment of resurrection or in a moment of ascension that we need to jump from one fire to the next. But it's not about jumping from one fire to the next. It's about being faithful and steady to God from season to season to season. It's always easy to follow. It's always easy to be with the crowd. When revival is falling, revelation is experienced. When the shade is good. The ascension was a moment of height and crescendo. And no one wanted to leave it. Do you remember the story of the three boys, the three disciples? I think it was Peter, John, and James. And Jesus takes them in and, and they begin to get to this place called the Mount of Transfiguration. And they, they, they see this, this, this angelic visitation and Moses is there and God moves. And Peter says, hey, can we just set up shop here and just stay right here? What, does, what, what, are, what are they told basically? No, you can't stay here, but you've got to go. Let me tell you, as much as we want to stay in a good service and as much as we want to stay in revival and as much as we want to experience God in these altars, there is coming. There's a season in your life that you've got to leave the altars, you've got to leave the revival, and you've got to go out into the world to let God be seen through you to the people you come in contact with. And so here they are. It is in these moments of ascension and it is in moments of, of good times, but as I begin to study this, I call this transition a transition of or a season of two, two, T-O. So hear me out because I'm, I'm, I'm 
not going to be long, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm going somewhere. Because for every ascension moment, for every good moment, for every glorious moment, God is taking you to a, another moment. In fact, Paul writes it like this. He says we are being molded or we are being formed or we are experiencing God from glory, what? To glory. You can't stay, you can't stay in that season always. God brings you to a ascension moment. God brings you to a ascension time. God brings you to a moment to where he allows you to experience him like you've never experienced him before. But then there is something that I call a T.O. season, a two season, a season of transition. And what happens is God is taking you from an ascension moment or a moment that you've experienced him. None of them have ever experienced the, or the ascension or a moment like there that in their life but God was not wanting them to stay there but God was wanting to take them to a place it's not all it's not necessarily a greater place it's not necessarily a better place but it's just a place that God is taking you and if you don't go you will miss out on something you have never seen before in your life the Bible said there is, the Bible said that they had to leave, they had to transition, they had to leave the Mount of Olives, and they had to go to the upper room. So they're, they're, they're leaving this place of experience, this place of revival, man. I tell you what, I've experienced God at times in my life, and have you ever reminisced and said, God, I just want to go back? I wish I could feel God like I did back at the Terry Road campground in Jackson, Mississippi. Man, you talk about I wished, I wished I could go back to that two-week revival at Thorn Church of God when I experienced God and Philip Ford was the evangelist. I wished I could go back. I wish I could go back to the to the days of the old camp meetings when Ray Hughes would preach and his voice would blare so loud and people would get under such conviction and they would rush the on. I wished I could go back to the time when I witnessed Brother Larry Timmerman preach for over an hour and there wasn't a restless soul in the place if they were in tune with what was going on and they listened to him as his tie was sweating sweat so profusely because he had been preaching so hard and for so long but every eye, every ear was attentive because the anointing was upon him so mightily. Sometimes I just want to go back. But let me tell you, the more I've studied this, the more I understand is that God is not wanting us to go back, but God has got some things in store for us if we will hold on and keep going forward. What you've got lying ahead of you is just as strong as what has happened behind you. Because if the Lord has tarried and 
allowed you to get to this moment, I believe that you have not seen what God has got in store for you. There are greater things ahead. There are stronger things ahead. Oh, I'm not discounting what God's done in the past, but I do believe through Scripture that if you hold on for due season, we'll come and you will experience something in your future that you've never experienced in your past, and it will blow your mind. Say amen, somebody. Because, see, here's what I found out in this passage. Transition came. Transition happened for them to get to the upper room. Now, remember, we're talking about after Easter. You cannot stay where you're at to experience what God has in store for you. Can I say that just one more time, please? I wish you would just listen to me just for about, what time is it? I promise if you'll listen to me, as always, I'll have you out of here by at least 1.30. When you, when, you when you look at this passage, when you look at the Scripture, you, we, you will never experience what God has in store for you if you're always looking. Oh, God, that's not how I used to do it back then. Oh, God, I just remember how we felt God back when we, I remember God, how I felt God in this, this section, in this place, and in this circumstance. Listen, God, that was, that, I'm not telling you to discount it. I'm not telling you that you cannot re, 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 revisit it and, 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 and reminisce on it, but you will never experience the power and the glory that God has for you in your future if you'll never leave the past to get to where God wants you to get to. They had to do three things in this section. They had to leave where they were. They had to go to the upper room, and then look at what else they had to do. They had to climb up some stairs to get to where God wanted them to get so they could receive something that they had never received before. And I believe with a, without a shadow of a doubt that we as a church, hey, look, I believe that we as a church with the help of the people, with the help of you, that we could be on the verge of something amazing. I'm going to just speak from my heart in this last point. I believe that we could be on the verge of something to where we could see another one, another, or should I not say another, but we could possibly see the last day revival that God is wanting to bring in our area. God wants to begin to touch families. God wants to begin to touch souls. God begins to want to begin to break up those fallow grounds and begin to speak life to people in this area. And I believe that we are on the verge of something great, but we cannot hang on to yesteryear. We cannot give up where we're at, but we've got to hold on and we've got to keep on keeping on. I tell you, don't discredit what God wants to do. Can you hear me one more time? Don't discredit what God is wanting to do. I have TikTok and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and all of those things. I see, I, I turn on 
my Facebook in the morning and watch Jensen Franklin. I turn on my Facebook and watch Loran Livingston, one of my pastors I like from, from Charlotte, North Carolina. I see how big some of their presentations are. And sometimes I look at myself and I say, we're in Greenwood, Mississippi. You ever said that before? We're, we're, we're in Carroll County. We're in LaFleur County. But I believe the Lord just stopped me just for a moment and said, don't discredit where you're at. Because if God can show up in Bethlehem, if God can show up out of Nazareth, what did they say when they said something about Jesus? They said, what good thing can come from Nazareth? I'm telling you what, if God could, ra could raise up the Son of God out of Nazareth, there's no telling what God could do right here in this area. I want to see the lost come. I want to see the bound come. Don't discredit what God can do here. With God, all things are possible. Hey, just because you see it on TV doesn't mean it cannot happen right where you are. That was my soapbox today. But it actually went with the message because here, here hear me out. Somewhere along the way, I believe the math would say that is 380 people missing, right? 500. I'm not the perfect. Math wasn't my strong point. I was very good at uh, PE. I was very good at PE and very good at study hall. And lunch, lunch was my specialty. That tells me that there was more missing than was there. Now, I don't know about you, but I think if I had just seen Jesus ascend to heaven, I'd have hung out with him a little longer. How, how, how? Maybe they got to the upper room and they said, hey, look, there's just room. It's 120 capacity. But I don't, I don't, I don't go for that. But somewhere along that path, they lost those people. See, as I begin to think about it, the Bible is consistently or in certain moments talking about people that left in a moment of transition. And they missed out on what God was wanting to do. See, the Bible tells me of a man by the name of Judas in Matthew chapter 27. That for 30 pieces, he gave up the Lord Jesus. He betrayed the Lord Jesus. He, 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 he was deceitful and was enticed to go his own way. And in that moment, he missed out on what God was wanting to do in the future. The Bible tells me in the book of Joshua chapter 7, after they had gone around the walls of Jericho, they came to a place called Ai and they were defeated. Well, the Bible says in Joshua 7, the reason they were defeated was because of, by, uh, because of the, the wickedness or the mess up of a man by the name of Achan who decided that it was okay for him to walk out and give up on what God was going to do in their future and he took something from Jericho he was not supposed to and he brought defeat to the people of Israel as they were defeated by smaller Ai. The Bible tells me of a man by the name of Hymenius and Alexander that Paul talks about in the book of 1 Timothy, I believe, that says they have left the faith and they have blasphemed 
blasphemed. They were missing out on the blessings that God, at one point in their life, they were in revival. At one point in their life, they were part of the flock. But for whatever reason it was, they left. They thought they were smarter. They thought they could figure out the scripture on their own. They thought they could twist it and manipulate the blessed word of the Holy Scriptures and begin to use it for their own gain. And Paul said that he had turned them over, I believe it was, and that they were wicked. Others that left before they were able to experience God in a new season, one by the name of Samson. I know he experienced him in a great way when he died, but he'd have never had to go to those pillars if he'd have never laid in the lap of Delilah. Another one I'm reminded of is the son of Absalom, that because he was hating his brother and because he wanted vengeance, he gave up the blessing that God had in his future because of the haughtiness and the pride of his heart. When you leave, you miss out on what God is wanting to do. Man, I feel like I feel like I just I want I want to just explode. When you miss out on what God is wanting to do, when you leave the season that God is taking you to, that's when families fall apart. That's when kids go astray. That's when you find no direction for your life. If you want the blessings of God in your life to continue, then do not throw in the towel, but keep moving forward. Because just as much as the Bible says about talks about people that left, it also talks about people that didn't. Gideon didn't quit. He went from 30,000 to 300. And the Bible said that Gideon didn't throw in the season, in the season of two. Listen, in the season of T.O., Going from glory to glory, Gideon said, I may be down to 300, but I'm still going to go forward. I may have a pot with just a light inside of it and a weapon in one hand, and we're going against a greater and a bigger army, but I'm not going to throw in the towel. Gideon said, I'm going to keep moving Job lost everything, but he said, you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Daniel prayed, and in his prayers, he was caught, and because of that, he was thrown into what they call the lion's den, and when he was thrown in the lion's den, Daniel didn't throw in the towel, but Daniel kept on believing, and the next day, the king opened up the lion's den and said, Daniel, are you there? And Daniel said, the God. God of Israel has protected me this night. I didn't give up when the going got tough. I didn't, get, I didn't give up when I saw the teeth of the lion. I just kept on believing, kept on praying, knowing that God was going to take me from glory to glory to glory. Oh, y'all can give God praise. Y'all can give God a clap, amen. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for what God has in store for me. So the preacher is here this morning. And I am begging you, don't quit. I'm begging you this morning, don't stop. 
Some of you have had ascension moments. Oh, God. Some of y'all, some of y'all have, have experienced God more than I have ever experienced probably in my life. Oh, to be around those altars when y'all were growing up and people would put their hands on pop belly stoves and not get burned. Oh, to be in those services where you would dance in sawdust for hours, walk to church just to get to the presence of God. But the same God back then is the same God today. And he's the same God that's going to take me to my tomorrow. And hear this preacher out. We are We're on the verge. I know I am very skeptical. Not skeptical. But I'm hesitant from time to time. Because I don't want to scare anybody. But I believe in the under the power and the anointing of Almighty God. Is that God is wanting to take us from the ascension moments to the moments of the upper room and we will never get there if we quit along the way. Yeah, it's been good to come to church for a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been good to see the experience a couple weeks as we've experienced it in the last month. But let me tell you, it doesn't just stop in a couple weeks. It keeps on keeping on and keeping on and keeping on and God does not quit. And those guys... They left that ascension, all 120 of them. I don't know who fell off along the way. I don't know who quit along the way. If any of them was a good church of God pastor, they'd have said, my Lord, our church is not growing. We've lost people. God, what have we done wrong? But they did not give up. The Bible said that they walked up to that upper room. And you can go and read 12, 13, and 14. The Bible said that those 120 that did not quit and did not give up and kept pursuing the words of the Lord Jesus. The Bible said they left, they went, and then they went up seemingly illustrating to me that they were going to give everything that they had to give. But when they got up to where they were supposed to be... He didn't say that the upper room was filled with the Spirit right then. Them boys went to praying. Them boys went to fasting. Them boys went to worshiping. It, it took them 10 days of intercession. It took them 10 days of being in unity and one mind and one accord. But when they left where they were, kept pursuing and went up, the Bible said that on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one mind and one accord. And then there came in a of a mighty rushing wind and cloven tongues of fire fell upon each of them and revival broke out. Yeah, they had experienced the ascension. Yeah, they had seen Jesus walk on water. My God, Mary had given birth to the child of God. But let me tell you, they had never seen what they saw that day because God was sweeping in with the mighty works of the Holy Spirit to set forth a blaze called the church so that that the gospel could go into all the world and they would have missed out if they would have fell by the wayside and not gone up and quit. Oh God. And the preacher's here today. The preacher is begging you I don't care what the devil's told you. I don't, 
praise team singers, if I could get any of you, could y'all come here just for a second and come up here? I really feel a shifting. Ah, you know what? I got a couple things I got to do this afternoon. But God, I believe, wants to show and remind us that he's wanting to do something supernatural in this church. God's wanting to do something amazing in this church. And one thing I know, because I've seen it in my churches I have pastored before, that God can begin to do it, and God can begin to, God can begin to perform it, God can begin to start it, but then because of us, we can miss out on what God is wanting to do and accomplish, I believe. Stand with me if you would. I could. You know, my my toughest time is. Monday morning you hear preachers say that all the time and I promise you it is it's just a Monday morning is just one of those days it's just like and, and if you've never preached and, and I, I'm not talking about talk I'm, uh, I shouldn't say that but if you've never if you've never given your all I'm telling you you don't know what I'm talking But I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, tell them don't give up. Don't quit going up. Don't get to the steps of your new season and say, the ascension was good enough. Sister Mary Alice, I can call you out. Nobody, you ain't going to get mad. Somebody else may get, you know, you've experienced God before, right? Uh, you come here just a second. Can I pick on you? She said, "Yes, sir." Come on, Matthew. I can pick on you too. He, he, when I said Matthew, he went, "Oh my goodness!" I saw it in his eyes. Y'all didn't see it, but I know what he was thinking. Come on up here just a second. Let me, let me tell you. He's not experienced what you've experienced. Amen. He's probably not experienced what I've experienced. But just because he hasn't doesn't mean he can't. Oh man. Can I borrow? Can I borrow a little man? I want Papa, but not Papa. What do you Pop? I want Pop. Would you bring him on up here? I didn't see any other babies. Do we have any? No, no. Hey, buddy. No, you're going to hold him. 
you know you like holding them more. I mean, you more than anybody. I saw them pictures on Facebook. Listen, listen. This little man right here, he don't even know about ascension moments yet. Right? But we can't focus on what we had. Hey, we, we rejoice over that. You can't stay satisfied with where you are. And buddy, you got something in your future that is glorious if Jesus tarries. We all have to decide we're going up together. We're going up together. We, hey, what, what's happened in the past? Hey, last Sunday was awesome. The Sunday before that was wonderful. Easter was glorious. But let me tell you, there's something in the future for you. There's something in the future for you. There's something in the future for little man right here. There's even something in the future for brother Tommy right here. Let me tell you, because God wants us all to go up together so that when we go up, we begin, none of them, oh, they had just heard Joel prophesy that in the last days I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let me tell you, they had just heard report. And some of y'all had just heard reports about what God is wanting to do in this land through the scriptures. But if we'll hold on, every generation, every tongue, every age group, if we'll move up together, we can enter into a season to where we can experience things that we never dreamed of. If you want that today, would you just lift up your hands for a moment? And say, oh, Lord, God, send it. Oh, Lord, God, send the rain. Oh, God, send the glory. Oh, God, send the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, God, touch our families. Oh, God, touch our community. Oh, God, send revival to our schoolhouse. Zach, would you?